Hiya folks, Jen D here. We hope the holiday season is treating you well, whether you're getting cozy in cold weather or finally breaking out the sunscreen like we are. This is the busy season and boy are we busy. We decided to give ourselves a much needed break and pop our Festivus episode from 2021 in your playlists just in time for Christmas. Don't worry, we are back to normal next week. For now though, please sit back, make yourself a cup of tea and put your feet up. It's been a year. Thank you for listening. And I'm Jen. Welcome to Marginalia Pods, where we treat reading as a sacred practice and find meaning and connections through our favourite books. I would like to begin by acknowledging the Gurungai and Daru people, traditional custodians of the land where I am recording today, and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge Tagata Finua of Tafanganui Atara, where I'm recording today. It's almost Christmas, Jen. How exciting. It's one of my favourite times of the year, definitely. I know, even though you've grown up in all of the countries that have Christmas at the wrong time of year, you still like it. That's very brave of you. (laughs) I know, summer is a weird time, but I just like, I don't know, I just love it. I love how everyone kind of just checks out and stops caring about other things. Yeah, it's holiday time. People get vacation Mm. brain, which I do love. And it's also school holidays, which as a parent, I really appreciate. Not packing lunches is like the delight of my soul. (laughs) And you get like, what, six weeks, eight weeks of it? Yeah, the kids aren't back till first week in February. Amazing. So good. Did you have a moment of wonder this week? Um, Yeah, I guess my moment of wonder would be we had a team Christmas outing on Thursday, which was wild. So we left work at 12 and basically just did like a, a house crawl around all the people's new houses that they've bought this year. So we just went from one to the other and everyone had like a theme. <laughs> so there was like an Italian theme and then... Yeah, a rum theme and then a garden party theme. But of course it was raining, so everyone was just crammed into houses. But it was just really fun. And then we went to my manager's house for dinner. And it was just actually a really good evening. And yeah, it was really solid. But we were all very tired on Friday when we got to work. Yeah, oh my gosh, that sounds like a lot. I had two social things on Wednesday and I felt like I was going to fall over. I couldn't imagine doing like hours and hours of that. Yeah, started at midday and I only got home around 10, I think. So, you know. That is a long time. (laughs) Anyway, a lot of socialising at this time of year, so it just, it gets a bit tiring, which is why I'm really hanging out for knocking off on the 23rd and just doing nothing. Yes, that's going to be, that's also the day that's like pinned in my calendar. That's when all the work stops. So good. Did you have a moment of wonder? I had so many. I feel like I was just overwhelmed with great moments this week. I'm going to save them all because it's Christmas. And if you can't yeah. do it at Christmas, when can you do it? <laughs> um, so my niece gave me a hug, which really never happens. It's been like more than a year since she's voluntarily given me a hug, um, which is so unfair because I love her so much. But that's okay. She's allowed her independence and her own bodily autonomy. Um, and I got to hang out with my brother-in-law for a little while, and he's doing really well, and he's looking really well, which always makes my heart feel happy. And then my friend Joe had a birthday this week, and her kids and my kids had a big play together. And then my kids picked out their school holiday hair dye colors, so like my daughter has pink hair and my son has green hair, and they just have really been loving that. And I've also been sleeping tons, which is great. So it's just been amazing. Yeah, like a busy but really good feeling week. I love that. Yeah, so little guilt just being like, I don't have to pack a lunch. I don't have to do the dishes. Like, who cares? It'll be fine. It's been really nice. (laughs) Yeah, make the most of it. Like, this time to just recharge and chill and nothing's expected of you. And it's just great. Lots of good things. Lovely. Well, 
I'm very excited to do this with you because it's a festivus for the rest of us. Yay! Um, yeah, this week we're celebrating the most wonderful time of the year by watching some holiday classics together. Some of which are very new, so they're not actually mm. classics, but we they're just picked some films. modern classics. <laughs> we picked the yeah. ones we wanted to watch again. Yeah, so yeah, very exciting. Well, should we get on to the first one? I'm excited to talk about sure. this one. Yeah, well, it's good we get doing it first then. Yeah. Do you want to do a summary <laughs> for us and tell us what we're watching? Yeah, so the first one we watched was The Happiest Season and the Synopsis is, a young woman with a plan to propose to her girlfriend while at her family's annual holiday party discovers her partner hasn't yet come out to her conservative parents. And it stars Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis and a whole bunch of other amazing people are mm. in the cast as well. Aubrey Plaza, Dan Levy, um, Alison Brie. Alison Brie. Oh my gosh. I have a real soft spot for Alison Brie. There was so much about the movie that I absolutely vibed with and then some that I really didn't so I want to talk about it with you because I want to find out how you felt about it because I remember you saw it last year I hadn't seen it yet so yeah I saw it in the cinema on Christmas Eve actually um so yeah how we're going to do is we're going to do the feats of strength and then the airing of the grievances so shall we start (laughs) with the feats of strength so what did you love about this um, the cast is really, really great. Like, I could not fault any member of the cast. I thought everybody was amazing. Like, I agree. Literally every actor is someone I want to see in something else. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza, amazing. Just loved her. Um, Dan Levi, always amazing. Yeah. I just love him so much in this. The whole tracking thing, I'm tracking you. <laughs> what don't you get? I'm tracking you. So good. That was actually quite funny. Yeah. Because it's a Christmas movie, I was like, I'll let this one slide. Because tracking people you don't know is kind of sus, right? A little? <laughs> but it's funny. Yeah, but it, yeah. I mean, this is also a thing with Christmas movies. Like, I have a very different bar for Christmas movies than I do with other films. Like, yeah, I will watch enough. any and all trash at Christmas time. Like, I love the Netflix cinematic Christmas universe that apparently <laughs> exists. I just think it's so great. And I will just put up with any old nonsensey trope in a Christmas yeah. film. Yeah. that I will not tolerate at any other time of the year. Well, one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies is like a made-for-TV Hallmark Christmas movie called The Christmas List from 1997. And I love that stupid movie so much and it's so bad, but I love it. You're right, the bar is different. It's a completely different set of criteria. Yeah. Um, I also really love Jane, the sister who was very clearly autistic coded the end of it where she's like i like myself i don't care if you guys don't but i like me i was like yes you tell them i just really love that she had that moment where she could stand up and say i'm cool with me yeah but if you guys are fancy yeah i think that was a really important moment i think if the film didn't have that moment for her and if she didn't have her like winning at the end which is one of my like feats of strength is that she gets to have a book yes. deal and she yeah. becomes like you know an author and it's great and again yeah. you know that's that christmas thing of being like how convenient that dan levi's character just happens to be a book editor yeah. but never mind that's um, fine. I just love that and if, if the film didn't have that then that whole like picking on Jane throughout the thing would be so icky and yeah. so uncomfortable yeah yes agreed the way that they, she was dismissed and like herded along by her her parents especially and like why was she the only one who could make the Wi-Fi work? Like, Yeah, just... and when the mum's like, oh, can you go with Jane because I don't trust her to run some errands. When she's a grown woman, she lives on her own, obviously. She's like yeah. l- running her life. Like, mm, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, I think one of the best things about this movie is John's speech about coming out and how it's different Agreed. for everybody. That saves what I found to be a very difficult film from complete irre- irredeemability. Yeah, <laughs> being completely irredeemable. <laughs> Yeah. It's true that everybody's coming out story is different and not to expect what you got for your partner. And I think that that's a really generous way to look at it. And I really liked that was something he needed to say. Like, it's it's your choice ultimately, but also remember that there are factors that you don't understand. So I really love that. 
yeah, I really loved that moment as well. I thought it was a real strength too. And I love how he framed it by, you know, asking um, Abby, how did your parents react, right? Mm. And so it was like, well, you're very lucky because my dad didn't talk to me for 13 years and you have to remember that there's this whole thing. And yeah, yeah. I thought it was very well handled. Yeah, it was a beautiful example of being sensitive but also being aware that you know you may not be at the same place in the relationship yeah it was just gorgeous the sensitivity and also the willingness to do the thing abby was so willing she was so willing to do what needed to be done to make it work to make harper more comfortable i thought that was just so generous and so beautiful and i would have been out of there like way before then i don't think i could have put up with that i would not have gone like when i <laughs> that moment that reveal <laughs> happened in the car i would have been like well, have a good time. But yeah, yeah I, I also had her willingness as a feat of strength, both her willingness to like try and embrace Christmas despite her own reservations that we find out towards the end of the film is because yeah. her parents were really into Christmas. And then also just going along with the whole charade. And even when, you know, she's not treated that well by the family. And no. it's so uncomfortable. And she just kind of plays along because she wants to make it easy on Harper, which is just, yeah, really lovely. It's a real expression of love to have to push yourself to do things that are hard for you or don't feel comfortable in order to be there and support your partner in the way that they're asking to be supported. So all of the points for Abby. She gets all of the mm. love. I also really loved Riley, so Aubrey Plaza's character. I think yes. she also does an incredibly generous thing to see that Abby is, you know, out of her depth and she's struggling and she kind of reaches out and she's there mm. to support her and just offers her that anchor when you're in a situation you're uncomfortable in and you don't feel like you belong to have someone reach out and just give you basically a lifeline just to hold on to. Yeah. It's a very generous Thing. And she was just ready to be a bud. Like she was like, let's mm. go hang out. Let's go have drinks. Let's go find somewhere that is fun for us. Like she took the temperature of this person, understood exactly what would work and went with it and was just really low pressure. And like, that's kind of the best sort of friend who's like, yeah, we're buds already. Let's just hang out. Yeah. That's the best way to be friends, right? Like you just already are. And I also love that we had a little cameo from Ben Delacroma and Jinx Monsoon doing a drag show in Happier Season, which made me happy. It's very cute. They're from RuPaul's Drag Race, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. See, I know nothing about RuPaul's Drag Race. I do know that our friend Mel really likes RuPaul's Drag Race, though, so hello, Mel. <laughs> um, so did you have any more feats of strength for this film? There's not so much a feats of strength. It's just one of the things that I really love about this. I like that it's not perfect. I like that the mm. family is really problematic and really difficult and that you kind of have to work through that. And you have those moments where Abby is just, like, looking at them like, ah! you know you can see that in her face yeah. and I actually really love that because I think it's so refreshing to see films with more diversity in it that aren't perfect like there are so many trash hetero Christmas movies oh yeah so let us have some trash gay ones it's great <laughs> more of it please that is a beautiful way to look at it. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just, I hate this whole thing that, like, if you're oh, going to yeah. be representing a community, you have to be perfect. No, more trash. Let's go. Yeah, I hear you there. Yeah, we can't expect all our representation to tick every box. Hmm, boring. I felt like all the characters were pretty realistic. Yeah. It was a definite strength. Like, everybody felt like an actual person with actual lives. Yes, even if the final confrontation is way OTT, and I don't think would ever happen in a real life situation, but, you know, never yeah. mind. Okay, well, let's crack on with the airing of the grievances. <laughs> oh no, um, I did not like this movie. <laughs> it made That's me a fair grievance. so angry the whole time. From Aww. the beginning where she invited, Harper invited Abby 
and then tried to walk it back where she lied about having come out to her family successfully. Like, I am 100% okay with people not being out. Like, if you don't want to be out to your family, that's fine. But you cannot lie with your partner that you live with about this. Like, that is a red flag of epic proportions that she can't Mm. tell her this. And I just feel like we start out there and there's so many miscommunications. And Harper is, like, trying to be a different person when she's at home. And Abby is trying super hard to be supportive. And Harper gives her nothing. And it's hard. Yeah, Harper is kind of a terrible person. Oh, she's the worst. She's going through a hard thing, obviously. Like, there's a lot of expectations that the parents have put on the kids to perform in a certain way. But the Mm. way that Harper behaves is actually kind of inexcusable. The way she just abandons Abby at every event is horrific. And just obviously not communicating lying and then being really defensive when she's like oh you're suffocating me when Abby is like um excuse me why have you abandoned me for a whole evening to like put that back on Abby is just really uncaring but I think she realizes that at the end but part of me did want Abby and Riley to hook up well yeah I this is the thing with everybody in the cast they're all amazing like everyone is amazing but I felt like there was no chemistry between Harper and Abby at any point like I never bought that they were a solid couple I never felt like they were meant to be. As soon as Riley walked in, I was like, yes, this is obviously how the story is going to go. She's going to meet Riley. They're going to hit it off. She's going to... Re- it's like the family stone, right? That's what I was expecting because their chemistry was so amazing. And then it was Harper and Abby at the end. And I was like, really? Oh, I see. I didn't mind that. Like, I don't... I didn't think they were devoid of chemistry. I think Kirsten Stewart's problem so far in her acting career is that she's been partnered with boring men like Edward Cullen. <laughs> And so this is a revelation to me in comparison. Yeah, I just, I think the last thing I saw Mackenzie Davison was the Terminator movie. And she was just like a Bruce Willis type. And I was like 100% there for it. So to feel annoyed with her acting and her character the entire time this movie, I was just like, well, this, this isn't fair. I like this actress. Like, I want to continue to enjoy her films. But I've never seen her before. Oh, she's in, um... Halt and Catch Fire, which is like Lee Pace being a complete mm-hmm, meanie, yes. so you should definitely watch that. And she's in, oh, Mark Watney, The Martian. Oh, she, right. She's the one yep. who finds him on the satellites. Um, Yeah, no, I just really felt like there wasn't a lot of chemistry. And I also felt like there were a couple really great moments where Harper could have said something, like when her ex-boyfriend Connor or Cooper or Cauliflower or whatever was like, was there <laughs> someone else? Like, was there a reason? Mm. She could have said, look, I'm gay and it was never you and that would have been so, like I would have been like okay she's come out to one person that would have been okay but she didn't she just let it go and I thought okay how many people are you gonna hurt to protect yourself because after a certain point like if you can't even tell the low stakes people that you care about then you can't be honest with yourself about that you know what I mean yeah and that's what I think the thing is like she kept saying to Abby you know I'll tell them after the holidays it just wasn't the right time blah 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 but the I think the real the real barrier was her it wasn't her family she just yeah. she's scared to admit who she is to herself and like even when Sloane outs her which is a whole other terrible thing yeah like you that was horrific and also turning it into a competition like the two of them trying to like out a family secret about each other that is just yeah. horrible super yikes like even when Sloane outs her, she can't she still she still tries to say that Sloane's lying and that is just such a horrible moment. That's a heartbreaking moment because you know that her parents are like suddenly putting all of these things together. And like I think the way that the camera cut to Riley's face and Riley was just like, oh, not this crap again. And you, like, I just... I think it would have been a redemptive moment for Riley as well if she had come out there and actually said, yeah, 
you know, if she owned it. But because she tried to back, like, walk her back again, Riley yeah. was just reliving her trauma, which is yeah. horrific. But back to a feat of strength. At the end, Riley doesn't pull her up on it. She just says, that was a lot. Merry Christmas. Like, she doesn't bring herself back into the equation. She doesn't say that it hurt her to watch it happen again to someone else who's a girlfriend of Harper. She just mm. is so generous. Like, all of these people are generous with Harper, and she does nothing to earn or appreciate it. That's what mm. really gets me about this whole film. It's fair. And also, you're right, Sloan outing. Like, don't out people. I, I don't know why this is a common thing in media. I feel like we all know better, right? Like, this happened in Sweet Home, Alabama. Yeah. I don't generally like coming out stories because it's always kind of fraught like this. There's always someone outing someone and it's just very uncomfortable and I hate it. Yeah. I, I read Love, Simon before it was called Love, Simon. And the, that book has a really particularly great take on it, which is mm. like that the person coming out owns their coming out. Like, And if you take that from them, it's like a theft. Like you're stealing the opportunity for them to come out. Um, and I love the way that that's reframed because I feel like that's really... A good way to put it like it's a life-changing thing and you want to be the one to deliver the news and choose that yeah you want to control your narrative it's your yeah. story yeah exactly and it's your news and it's your life like you should get to decide um yeah and again if you don't want to come out the closet is fine i don't think people should come out if they don't feel like it if they don't feel safe if they don't want to be out to certain members of their family or to the public like that is fine that's their business but also you can't lie to your partner about it yeah it's not fair to expect your partner to go back into the closet as well like the fact that she expects abby yeah. to be straight as well to her parents and then yeah when abby is so obviously very comfortable with who she is it's a cruelty yeah i mean she's been an out lesbian for well since before she was 19 when her parents died right like that's mm. a third of her life at least so i just can't imagine do you have any other grievances uh look why riley and abby didn't get together is forever going to be a mystery because they obviously had amazing chemistry and would have been great for each other but that's fine that's fine I think that's just Aubrey Plaza, though. Like, I, <laughs> we all want to be with Aubrey Plaza, don't we? Possibly. I don't know. I just, I loved, like, her confidence and her chillness and all of her goodness worked really well for mm. Abby. Like, it was so good for Abby. Like, she brought Abby out of her shell and was helping her when she was hurting and was being non-pushy about it and non-demanding. And I was like, this is some, this is something Abby needs. Abby needs someone who's accepting of who she is, but will also bring out the best in her. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it should have ended when Abby said it's too late to Harper. She should have got to go. Like, Can I just also backtrack real briefly? I just want to yeah. give another shout out to Dan Levi's character, whose name I cannot remember for the John. life of me. John. Oh my gosh. When he's like, when she calls him to tell him everything and he's like, this is a lot. I'm going to need a moment and just hangs up the phone. <laughs> like, I'm really into this behavior. He is very clear about what he needs and what he needs to say. And I love that. He's a good communicator. Here for that. And also we're going to have to talk about the fish at some point. <laughs> Why do why do not get irresponsible people to look after pets? I don't know why. And he's like, my therapist is looking after them. What has happened here? Anyway, that's fine. Loved it. Um. So what what's the verdict on this one? I have given it three out of five Christmas trees because I actually really enjoy it and I would watch it again. I love that it's a little bit problematic and that the family are terrible because I think it's very yeah. true to life. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I've given it two out of five Christmas trees and I almost gave it one, but I thought that the cast was so good. I had to mm -hmm. give it an extra tree for that. So two out of five for me. Fair enough. I'm glad that we got that out of the way first. <laughs> it was just a really hard one. I was frustrated the whole time. I was sitting there like, why? Ah. Oh, I feel bad recommending it now. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's like, I think it's good to watch things that frustrate me because then I can really dig down and think about why. And a lot of the stuff I was frustrated by was stuff that I just couldn't accept personally. So I was able to sort of yeah, step back and say, how does this affect my values? Why is this 
getting under my skin so much. So mm. yeah. And look, I will Good. watch Kristen Stewart do pretty much anything. So she's great. Great hair in this film. That should definitely be a feat of strength. Great yes. hair. Yes, absolutely. Although there is no way that her hair looked the same a year later because that's just not how that works. <laughs> it will have changed. Well, our next film was Last Christmas, and the summary for that is Nothing seems to go right for Kate, a frustrated Londoner who works as an elf in a year-round Christmas shop. But things soon take a turn for the better when she meets Tom, a handsome charmer who seems too good to be true. So this stars Amelia Clark and Henry Golding in the lead roles, but it's also a great supporting cast, like mm. Emma Thompson is in it. And Michelle Yeoh, who's the best. Um, yeah, oh, this, this one is my favourite. I will say it now, it is my favourite. I love it so much. I agree. I think this is actually just a gold standard Christmas classic like what more yeah. could you want from a Christmas film this should be the one everyone watches the way that everyone now watches Love Actually people should watch this for years yes. and years to come yes we've got to make this happen and also it has the best soundtrack yeah our lord and saviour George Michael yes I think Meredith is a huge fan right so she would agree yeah 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 Meredith is my friend Meredith is a diehard probably the biggest George Michael fan like she's like Kate in this it's not just a fan like they understand each other in a way that yeah. other people cannot possibly understand and so um, Meredith's done a, a great job educating me on George Michael in the time that we've been friends and so I've really come to appreciate what an incredible musician he is like he mm. is he was so talented like writing songs writing music considering he was 18 and wham like it's just actually mind-blowing what he accomplished as a singer and it's just yeah really appreciate that really appreciate his music i just think the music is so well deployed in this like the, the songs they've chosen like when praying for time starts playing when she leaves henry's flat after her revelation i honestly yeah. just sob every time i just break down it's oh, such yeah. a yep. moving song <laughs> anyway and then the the context is just it's too much for me yeah so spoilers <laughs> henry's a ghost <laughs> Henry Golding, who's Tom. He's a ghost. Um, also, he's beautiful. He's so beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. He has a great he's perfect. face. Yeah, and he's tallish. Perfect. Like, tallish. And charming. Yeah, and like, he just has those killer gazes. Locks in, looks... Oh, man. He's got the smolder. I'm here for this. I also would like to say that Emma Thompson can do whatever she wants. She's yeah. attained that <laughs> status. She's now at the point where, like, she could write whatever film she wants, star in whatever film she wants, do whatever accent she wants, be anti-Polish really... if she wants. Not that that's Well, really that's the okay, thing but... that really cracks me up. Because I love that moment where she's, you know, she's really upset about the immigration commentary because she mm. has this trauma of them leaving Yugoslavia and coming to the UK and now she's like oh they, they hate us and when Kate tries to talk her down from this thing and she's like I blame the Poles so despite <laughs> knowing that it's you know it's not a real narrative that it's a fabricated yeah. thing that turns people against each other she's still like it's the yeah. Poles fault and I think that's so accurate to life right yeah and also very much accurate to England right especially after the whole Brexit thing but also just like the the immigrant experience I think is quite well handled in this like this idea mm. that you know her father was a lawyer back in Yugoslavia yeah. and now they came here and they couldn't afford to retrain so he became a minicab driver and there's like all this kind of like low level depression and sadness that underscores this existence which is I think a very true thing yeah you know for immigrants into other countries and it's not people will be like oh immigrants are so useless but it's not really the case it's just the opportunities you have are so limited yeah unless you're really well off or you can get a sideways certification often your life is completely different and that's not really fair or fun and especially if you've left because of a war Mm. I feel very sad about it. And I also feel like there's so much trauma layered on trauma here. Like they keep referring to her illness, but we don't find out until 
like what halfway through the film that she had to have her like her heart needed replacing so she got a new heart Mm. and that is a whole other thing to be a person walking around with someone else's organ inside of you knowing that that's the reason you're alive i can't imagine that that would manifest in a lot of trauma oh but that the line he gives her at the end where he's like take care of my heart it would have been yours either way just honestly oh my gosh i love it Amelia Clark's also adorable. Like, I know she gets a lot of negative feedback, but I actually think she's great. <laughs> she's super cute, and she is extremely charming here, and she hits all of the beats. And I was thinking about the way that her comic timing is just, like, spot on. Mm. In the way that I think that, like, Jennifer Aniston also is amazing at comic timing, and how not every actress can do that. Like, that is... It's, mm. Unless you're Lucille Ball, you got to work at it. Yeah. And I think that she's a natural. Like, I want to see her in every funny movie from here on out, because I feel like she really gets it. I think she's great in this she's super cute even though she's a really like you know her character is really in a bad space is mm. really terrible like one of the other characters calls her the most selfish woman on earth and you know she does things she hurts the people she loves and so you she's an unlikable character but she's never unlikable like you're always yeah. rooting for her it's not that you know that she can be better but you feel like she's not doing it to hurt people no she's, she's just going through a lot she's really trying to outrun herself and not feel what she needs to feel and not get through what she needs to get through and i think that yeah. tom is so important because he gives her the space and the time gives her that opportunity to really say what what am I doing what am I looking for I also love that speech he gave her about you know we are everything we take in so all this stuff that you're taking on all this stuff that you're absorbing all of that manifests through you and I think that's a really important thing to remember we're in every action I also really love Michelle Yao in this like she is Santa Santa. she's just so (laughs) great she's great I love her because she's so generous but she doesn't take any guff you know that's important Mm. like it's hard to it's hard to love someone and be tough with them but she really does she gives Kate that push like you need to be better and I can't believe Mm. I'm giving you more chances I love that she also reminded her that I took you on because you were amazing and you loved life and everything was great and I know you've been through a hard time but I don't see that in you anymore and I need you to find it because Mm -hmm. it's actually you know it's impacting other people which I think is a really important thing I think often when we go through hard times you know that you're impacting other people but people are so afraid to like call you out on it and I think it's important that people do feel comfortable in doing that yeah she gets held accountable by Santa and in a way that is actually healthy I think that when she's trying to when her sister is trying to pull her up on things her sister goes right for the gut and this is another this is I would say moving into an airing of grievance she outs her sister which is super not okay again Again, terrible (laughs) yeah do not do this Um, But I also feel like it wasn't just as a competition. It was like she was so badly wounded, she lashed out at something she knew would hurt. And so I feel like the motivations Mm. were different. It was more like, oh, you're really going to go there? Well, I can go there too. And I have been there and understand that. And I hate that about myself, that I'm capable of cruelty when I'm really wounded. Still not cool. Shouldn't be doing it. I do like that she went back and apologized and actually like didn't get an immediate forgiveness arc. There was no like, oh, we're good now. It was like, no, this doesn't change what you've done. And I love that because she needed to hear it. Yeah, I do love the accountability she takes upon herself to do her little apology tour to make right you know the things that she's done I love that you know that's why I love Ted Lasso there's accountability people own their mistakes people own their behavior which is one of the most important things because we are going to make mistakes we're all gonna make mistakes we're gonna hurt people 
it's important to know when you need to make up for it. And yeah, I mean, getting a fish for the person whose fish you killed, lovely. (laughs) Getting a tiny, non-torchable ship in a boat for the friend whose matchstick gallon you torched is a good thing. I just love that she actually went and got things that were thoughtful for the right people. Yeah. And I also love that she then took her mom to the Christmas markets too. Like, that was really special. Yeah, even though her mom is still driving her crazy and is still problematic, like, it doesn't magically fix the relationship, but they're trying, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and so much about this movie, and I think this was the real the real thing for this movie, is that it isn't about romantic love only. It's about what it looks like to start looking after yourself. Because we see her like a messy drunk, not eating well, not taking care of herself, missing doctor's appointments. We figure out later that she actually needs to look after herself and go to those doctor appointments for a very important mm. reason. And she does start to look after herself and to maintain her relationships. And that, like, she's self-parenting. She's taking care of Mm. herself in a way that's, like, not drinking too much and not just picking people up because she wants to escape her own brain for a bit. Like, I love the growth. There's so much growth. I will say, yeah, I love that she she starts volunteering as well. Mm -hmm. Because, honestly, I think it's one of the best things you can do when you're, like, super depressed is to go volunteer somewhere because it just gives you... It makes you feel useful. And secondly, it gives you accountability. Like, people are relying on you to show up yep. so I think that's really lovely and when she says at the end you know we're happy we're happy because we care about each other like you that's where your happiness comes from it's from caring about other people and I'm like this is so important it's not yeah. about you know filling your life with stuff it's actually just paying attention to the people around you yeah it's doing things for others and helping out in a way that like is good and appreciable I just love it I love it so much it's a perfect film yeah and I love that it also showed like you know homeless people actually are people and have lives of their own and have their own skills and talents and quirks and foibles they're not just like some hive mind of pity party nonsense that you see in like yeah you know charity propaganda (laughs) yeah there's a real diversity of actual people and they're all given respect and treated with kindness and I thought that the way that the people who were running the soup kitchen that was really true as well like they are there they're doing the work they don't want to see people just turn up for a few days they want to see people who are going to commit but they also have kind of seen it all so they're a bit more jaded like almost everyone I know who works in charitable organizations is like over it in a lot of ways because they can't really rely on like ongoing volunteer help um so I was like yep that sounds just about right for everybody I know who has to like wrangle volunteers they're all over it they're all up to here with it but they're still doing the right thing even if it's hard so (laughs) yeah it's like yeah I've seen that um, I think a feat of strength of this is that I cried my face off too. <laughs> uh, I think the only grievance I have is don't out your family members who are in the closet. I definitely had that as an, a grievance as well. The only other grievance I have is why does no one mention that she's wandering around <laughs> talking to herself? Like, I'm sorry. I know in London you don't pay attention to anyone ever, but she is literally just talking to herself, walking down the street <laughs> or sitting on a bench or in the shop. What is happening here? <laughs> I thought about this the first time I watched this and her hair is always covering her ears so maybe people think she has airpods in. Oh, she's on the phone. Yeah. That is a yeah. good fix. Because I fix. think people are talking to themselves all the time but then I notice that they have airpods in so I'm like, okay, they're talking on their little tiny expensive devices. Okay. That's a good save. I'll, I'll <laughs> accept it. Um, What was your rating for this one? Four and a half out of five and I'm very wow. picky. The reason I gave it a half a point off is because I don't like outing storylines as we've discussed so but otherwise mm. it's perfect how about you I've given it five five out of five for a stone cold Christmas classic it's everyone should so watch it it is amazing good. it is wholesome it is lovely George Michael's incredible listen to his music let's go and also Amelia Clark did her own singing and she's quite good so it's very enjoyable if you want to cry, I can highly recommend listening to George Michael's cover of I Can't Make You Love Me, which sometimes plays on my 
Spotify random shuffle situation when I'm on the bus and then I cry on the bus. Good times. Aww. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Oh, I feel that. I cry all the time when I'm listening to powerful music. I'm just ridiculous. That's what good music and good art should do. It should move you. All right. So the final film we are going to talk about is The Holiday, which is kind of a classic, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Dumped and depressed, Iris agrees to swap homes with similarly unlucky in love Amanda for a much needed break. Iris finds herself in a palatial Hollywood mansion while Amanda navigates the lanes of a picture perfect English village. Soon enough, both lovelorn ladies bump into local lads perfect for ro- a romantic pick me up. It stars Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, Jack Black, and a whole bunch of other people too, including Shannon Sossman of A Knight's Tale. Oh, yes, who I also love. And she's in a great, she's in Everything is Illuminated with Elia Wood. If you haven't seen it, would recommend. Ooh, I will have to watch that. Is that, is that, wait, no, I might be lying. Hang I have on. no idea. I have to look it up now. Stand by. <laughs> oh no, I've made it up. That's the wrong film. I was thinking of a different film. Never mind. This film is super cute and everyone is super cute. Or let's go to the Feats of Strength because I want to hear yours. Feats I hear of what... Strength. Yes. Tell me about okay, it. Okay, my biggest, I think the biggest strength of this film, maybe controversial, is Jack Black. I no, think Jack right. Black is so good in this i am so in love with him which i think is no mean feat with you know jude law who is very charming in this but i'm like no jack black please jack black every time of the week like he's excited he's interested he wants to connect he looks at people he's he's just funny he is like so kind and just everything about him is like a whole human being like he's a very fully faceted fully formed person and i just love it he's just yeah it's definitely one of the biggest strengths i think i think the whole cast is great but and i think it's so interesting that it's such a small cast you know yeah so few people in this film but i think cameron diaz is probably the weakest link sorry cameron but no i (laughs) think that's not saying that's not a bad thing like they're all great it's just in the in the scale one of the things that i really struggle with is that this feels like she's meant to be like ditzy and derpy and i hate that trope like she's amazingly good at her job she doesn't need to be also ditzy and derpy but she was really typecast as that like sort of ditzy derpy person like in charlie's angels as well and in Mm. oh heaps of like that's kind of her shtick and she's no longer acting as far as i know i think she took time off to have kids or something but she's like i just don't want to go back and like fair enough I think the only serious role I can think of her being in is Gangs of New York. I think I've read her as ditzy, like not necessarily ditzy and derpy in this, but more like fish out of water American in the UK, (laughs) which I guess translates into ditzy and derpy. It does when you're like, don't run me over. Ah, like just yeah. The car thing was weird. Just the car thing was weird. And I just, it's not that scary. It's not that scary. It no. just does not nece- necessitate that level of craziness. Also, don't people in LA drive everywhere? She should be a confident driver. Look, here's the trick. The passenger side is always to the curb. That's how you do it. So wherever you're driving, the passenger side is always closest to the curb. Voila. That's how you figure it out. Just remember that. I did appreciate her closing her eyes, though, when she was scared of overtaking cars, because, like, full disclosure, sometimes in Wellington, when I'm going around a blind corner, I'm like, well, I'm just going to close my eyes and hope for the best. (laughs) It's all you can do. You can all send up a prayer, close your eyes, and just go for it and hope for the best. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember it being that scary to drive in New Zealand. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Just some of the roads, not all of them, just some of them where you're like, Jesus, take the wheel, quite literally. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Also, Kate Winslet is adorable and I love her in pretty much everything. She's so cute. She's so lovely. 
And I love how she's just really kind in this. Like, she's so yeah. kind. And she gets to know everyone. Like, she's greeting everyone by name as she walks around. Yeah, Iris is also a lovely name. I just really like that. And, like, she befriends her neighbor, Arthur. And I love that whole Arthur storyline. It's so sweet. Yeah. It's so wholesome. And like how she... he, like, bigs her up with giving her film recommendations so she can be the leading lady of her own life. Just so good. It is good. I actually really appreciate that he spends that time, like, not telling her how to be, but just being like, here, watch all these movies. You'll love it. And yes, he's right about Barbara Stanwyck. So good. Um, so I have a confession to make. I don't like Jude Law, but I think he's really good here. Like, okay. <laughs> I think he's really likable. I think this might be the only film I've seen him in where I actually like him. So Wow. Have you not seen Gattaca? Would recommend. No, I haven't. But he always kind of plays like smarmy dudes like I just don't trust him he's in the Timmy Champagne pile of actors where I'm like "Mm -mm." (laughs) fair enough no thanks something about his face just doesn't just doesn't vibe but he works in this role really well um and can we talk about the fact that um Iris's cottage totally costs more than Amanda's palace like literally it does like I know we looked at moving to the UK for a time and this was years ago now but like if you want to live in a cottage like that 40 minutes out of London Mm. that's like a million and a half pounds yeah she's got quite a nice little garden going and it's such a lovely cottage I would love to like spend Christmas in such a delightful cottage like yeah also does that place really exist I feel like 40 minutes out of London is still London yeah no definitely not How fast are you driving to get there? And she's like a journalist. Come on. This is my theory. They come from money, right? They have to. Because he also has an enormous, ridiculous house and like a Land Rover. And she has a brand new mini. Maybe they're ancestral. It's an ancestral cottage. Mm -hmm. They have parents who are super loaded and they've just been able to do whatever they want because they have a a big fat inheritance. This is my guess. Yeah, but then she acts so shocked when she gets to the mansion, right? So it's like she's never Mm. experienced wealth before. Yeah, but isn't that just like... Ostentation's wealth. Yeah, like old country houses are like their own sort of charm, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like old money v new money, right? Like old money would never act like that because it's too on the nose. Yeah, so maybe she's living in, like, the family cottage that's actually, like, worth a lot. And he went off and bought a house because he got married and had kids. But, like, these two kids, I reckon they're they're loaded. She has to be. She has to be to be able to afford to fly anywhere, even if she's... She's in coach, though. Amanda's in first class, let's not forget. And also, Amanda cracks me up when she's, like, she's there for half an hour or whatever. And she's like, no, we're going home. I've made a terrible mistake. Like, I really (laughs) relate to that kind of behavior. I have that very strong fight or flight response as well where i'm like really i've made a mistake we must go <laughs> i'm no, not me i'm like well i'm here i just have to get through it no i'm a, f- a firm believer of like if the, if the situation does not vibe exit immediately <laughs> get off the bus <laughs> immediately <laughs> i may have told that story to simon this morning and he was like i completely relate <laughs> like, you I've guys been... are the same I told my work mates about it and they were all like, I cannot believe this. Anyway. Why didn't you just get her name? Anyway, it's fine. I'm much better at flirting on my feet because I like, I like talking to anybody. So I flirted and then I exited. That's the, that's the key. There was the flirt. There was not meant to be reciprocation. That's where it fell down. I did not expect reciprocation. So good. So good. Anyway, that's fine. We'll move on with our life. It's fine. (laughs) Um, um, I love the idea of house swapping, but I would never, ever do that. <laughs> do you not like the idea of people in your house? I just have so much crap, I would feel embarrassed that they would have to look at it all. 
Oh, I am a bower bird. I mean, if I had like a single room that all of my like junk was contained in and I could lock it and leave it, then it would be fine. But I sort of feel like that's, I don't know, like they have homes that are, well, I guess Amanda's house is like not lived in. It doesn't feel lived in. Like there's a lot of stuff, but it doesn't look like it's ever actually like mm, It's like staging. In. Yes. Yeah. And I felt like Iris's house was much more like a home and Jude Law's house was much more like a home. Would so you say that that's different. reflective of their characters though? Like Iris is more in touch with like being homely and knowing what she wants yeah. and then Amanda is much more repressed and doesn't really want to engage with her emotions. Yeah. So. And she, like it's also how much they work versus how much they're home and one has all of these people doing all of the things for them and the other one has a dog that, that you have to take care of a dog so you're there and looking after a dog and just it really speaks to their values their differences in values as well but um yeah no i would never swap houses <laughs> no Fair everyone enough. i want to travel to see is someone i want to see while i'm there anyway and they're the only people that i would trust with my house so doesn't work <laughs> exactly what about you would you house swap do you think yeah i reckon i would do it if i could find someone that i trusted that's the mm-hmm. big problem i don't want to be like you hear these horror stories about people airbnb their houses and they come back and people refuse to move out in new york this has happened a couple of times people are just like i live here now yeah. no thank you that terrifies me but i'm not precious about having people in my space yeah i've always been really weird about like my room and my house and like yeah but i love the idea that you could I mean, I feel really awkward when I go to Airbnbs and it's obviously like part of someone's house. I'm like, I'm so sorry for paying for this accommodation oh, that yeah. you're offering. Like, I apologize deeply for my inconvenient humaning. I like, I hate when I have to Airbnb and it's like a shared room. Like it's a, a room in a shared house because I'm always too awkward. Like I have to share a kitchen with you and we're sharing a bathroom. And I just like, I will do it in the most extreme of circumstances when I cannot find something that is just, you know, for me. Yeah. But I just feel so uncomfortable. Like I know yeah. these people have put this house up for rent, but also I hate it. I hate it yes. with every fiber of my being. Yeah. It just feels like you're intruding. It's so silly. There's no reason to feel that way, but oh my gosh. No, I, yeah. Um, um, do you have any other feats of strength? Um, I think I like the version of LA that we see. Mm. Like I really, and I know it's based around Brentwood, which is a neighborhood, very wealthy neighborhood in LA. I know nothing about LA except for LAX, which is a pit. Um, but it, oh, like the way that it was shot and how beautiful everything was, it really reminded me of Sydney. Like the light was so good and there were bougainvilleas mm. everywhere. And I was like, oh yeah, like people live there for a reason. Like it's nice there in places. It's not just a pit where you have to wait mm. for hours and hours to get through customs. Like it's, it's actually probably a nice place to live in some areas. So I just, I noticed more about that this time that. It just looked nicer. I like the reference to the Santa Ana, Santa Anas. Yeah, wind? Santa Ana winds. Yeah, like in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. We've, yeah, and also I have a very vivid memory of reading White Oleander when I was in high school, and a big part of that was about the wind. Like the wind was brought up a lot. Yes, I've read that book as well. That one mm. was like super dark and weird. Very intense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to read. Yeah, I wouldn't read it again. Yeah. But it stuck with me, I mean, like 16 years later, so clearly. Mm-hmm. I just remember the bit about how, like, her mother had never been in love and then she was, and it was like the worst thing that ever happened to her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awful. And just, I remember putting the poison on the door handles. That's really stuck with me. Anyway, but the wind. The wind. Lots of wind. Mm, don't blow away. Um, Are there any grievances? Do you have any grievances to air? Yes. Who looks after Graham's kids when he's out at the pub? <laughs> getting drunk all the time apparently more often than not recently excuse me what 
is happening. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The, this is also my grievance. I think he's shady. He might be cute, but, like, when you're a person with kids, you lead with the fact that you have kids. Is he waiting for someone to fall in love with him and then he'll be like, oh, by the way, I have children. That it's is weird. gross to, like, it's gross to do that. I feel like you have to be honest with certain things about your life. And, like, they got, like, so many dates in before he got found out like he never told her he got found out so yeah he's super shady fair enough um i also think the timeline actually makes absolutely no sense (laughs) it doesn't make any sense like it's christmas eve and they're having dinner and then the next day they're fitting albert or alfred or whatever his name is forgotten already they're fitting him in a suit i'm like okay well it's supposed to be christmas day now when is this writer's speech thing is this in chronological order what is happening here i don't understand too many things are crammed in it doesn't make sense it's like a month and a half instead of two weeks yeah it feels like it needs to be much longer yeah it just does not compute if i was to draw it up i don't think it makes any sense at all if you have to factor in the fact that shops will be closed because it's christmas Mm -hmm. well maybe not in the u.s yeah Surely on Christmas Day, things are closed. Mm, Are they, though? But they're so religious. I don't understand America at all. I worked Christmas Days. I had to take Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve off, but I worked Christmas Day. Who's going to the shop on Christmas Day? Look, I mean, it's not just... Look, it is a Christian nation, but there's a significant amount of Jewish and Muslim people, too. Yeah. I think I just... It's not about the religious aspect that I object to things being open on Christmas Day. I just like the idea that for a set number of days a year, no one has to work. Yeah. Look, I think that I'd love it if all of those were secular holidays. Or like if we had like Eid and Yeah, more like, of them. Like more. Yom Kippur let's do them as all. well, right? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Like, let's make it all of them. Let's shut down. More days where we yes. actually don't have to do anything. And everyone because that's one of the joys of the summer period and like the Christmas period is that mm. everyone kind of like shuts down. Yes. And it makes everyone so much happier. So if we could all just agree as a society to do that more often, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm here it. for that. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's add Diwali in too, because that sounds like a yes. fun one. That's, to not have to go. Diwali is great. Yes. Absolutely. Look, uh, please hit us up if you want more days off. <laughs> Tell us, email us. We would love to hear it. What would be your preferred day off if you could pick a public holiday? What would it be? Mine would 100% be my birthday. Yeah. This is also why I don't understand why people lose their minds over Christmas. Because if you go to a shop right now, let me tell you, it is chaos in the grocery yep. shops and the shopping mm-hmm. centers and whatever. And like the shop is literally closed for one day. Can you calm down? You cannot be prepping like it's the end of the world. It's one day. I I bought a ham. It's so big. It takes up half my fridge. (laughs) That's the only ham left. I waited too long. I had to get the big one. (laughs) It's going to take so long to cook. Oh, dear. (laughs) Hours, Jen. I am saying this, and it is the 18th of December as we record, so... The fact that I have like a week before Christmas and I still could not get the ham I want says Well, a lot. my friend Mike today messaged being like, where can I get a real Christmas tree? They're all sold out. I'm like, it's the 18th of December. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to tell you. This feels like a failure on your part. It's like, oh, I'll have to get a plastic one. I'm like, you're not going to find a plastic one on the 18th of December either, <laughs> mate. And guess what? Did not find a tree. Oh no, poor Mike. Um, He needs to go to a garden center and buy one in a pot and then he's got it forever. I suggested a shrub of some kind and just putting some lights in it. Yeah, boxwood, boxes, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you have any more airing of grievances? Um, I think it's absolutely nuts to go to another country for someone you've known for two weeks. Like Jack Black being like, I've never been to the, I've never been to England. I'll go to New Year's Eve if you'll go on a date with me. What are you doing? You've known this woman for two weeks. When you know, you know. I'm the worst at this, though. I literally moved 
countries for someone. So In two weeks, though, Jen? No, but I did fly out without him knowing the first time as a surprise for his birthday. So I did my one grand gesture. I'm good for life. <laughs> um, no, I agree, though. And look, my main thing is you can't fall in love with someone in two weeks. But I like that he was like, if I turn up, can we go on a date? Like, I loved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was it super wasn't forever. here for Yeah, Iris and Miles, yes. Graham and Amanda, no. I didn't feel it. I like that they like each other, but I was just like, mm, they're not as exciting. I want more Jack Black. Yeah. I, what I made me uncomfortable about that is the fact that he didn't want to introduce people to his children. Fair enough, because mm -hmm. he doesn't want to introduce a, a rogue element that might not be there forever because, you know, they're kids. And then he introduces this woman who he's known for two weeks. And then drops the I love you and is like, well, if you don't know what to say, then obviously, like sometimes people do it different. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with saying I really like you and I think I could get there, but I'm going to need more time. What's wrong with that? I think there's a difference between saying I think I'm in love with you and then changing that into I love you. Like someone said to me, I think I'm in love with you. I don't necessarily take that to mean I love you. I don't know. Like to me, they're different things. Yeah. But he just equated the two and I'm like, meh. I cannot wait to send you the thing that I worked on for Nano because I think you're going to really like the last section. I think this is like a very similar thing to what we're talking about right now. Just mm. I can't tell you because you have to read it. But like when you get there, I want to remember this conversation. Great. My other grievance is Rufus Sewell's character, who is just the worst human being in the world ever and needs to get in the sea immediately. Why are these men allowed? They should not be allowed. What? Also, side grievance. Why is he always a villain? I bet he's probably a really nice person. <laughs> Poor Rufus Sewell, he's always the jerk. Does he just have a mean face? Some people just get that, right? You're just yeah. always the bad guy. Yeah. Um, he is the worst character and like the fact that Miles Jack Black's character picks it up and is like oh he doesn't leave you alone does he mm. so you can't actually get over him it's like yeah that guy like he sees that this guy is doing this really toxic thing because it makes him feel good right like it's just yeah. a boost for his ego Ugh. I was so proud of Iris for being like no goodbye leave I'm done I can't do this you have not broken up with the girl that you were supposed to break up with in order to be with me I do not matter that much to you we're not going on holiday anywhere get out you basically just want to use me and I've got more important things to do, which I love. Yeah. I was really proud of her. It's a big moment. That was the best. Hmm. Um, I think there's another bit, like some of the comic bits I think hit a little weird for me, but like I'm ascribing that to it was a different time back in 2006. Yeah. I mean, we've come a long way. Oh man. Have we ever. Sometimes it shocks me what passed for funny entertainment in the <laughs> early 2000s and the 90s as well. Like, holy crap. We were talking about this at work the other day about Bridget Jones's diary and how a big plot point in that was how Bridget was really overweight and she's just like, not. She's just like a human person. Yeah. Because the 90s was all about being like heroin chic, you know, like that real skinny, ridiculous, unattainable skinniness. It's actually crazy. Yes. I remember the like granny panties comment and I was like, that's just normal shapewear. Like we all wear that under our dresses. We all do. If men don't know that we wear it, then that's a problem for them, not for us. False advertising, Jen. <laughs> quote, unquote. Um, I love shapewear because it basically is like compression wear, which makes all of my sensory regulation stuff work really well. <laughs> so whenever people are like, I hate Spanx, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Don't you feel calmer and safer when you're wearing really tight clothing? It's like you're wearing it like a, a weighted <laughs> blanket the whole time. Yes, it's exactly what it's like. Oh my gosh. I did not realize that I was in the minority. I thought that everybody actually liked wearing like tights, but no, apparently not. <laughs> It's a very weird experience for me at the moment because I have to wear shorts to the gym and I only have like loose kind of running shorts. 
And I hate it because I normally wear tights and it's just, it's a very weird feeling to like not be in tights in the gym. I don't know why. It just like really messes with my head. I've got great tights. I just can't wear it with my tattoo. Like I can't have tight fabric on it. Oh, I see. While it's still healing. So I have to wear shorts that breathe around it. That would be the worst. Yeah. I want to be shrink wrapped in lycra when I'm working out. And if I look like a very bright and colorful round thing running, that's fine. That's that's I, that's how I want how to be. How adorable. <laughs> I'm very cute. I'm just also very round. But nothing moves because everything is like shrink wrapped to me. It's great. Comfort first, I say. Absolutely. Oh, did you have any more airing of the grievances? I think it's too long. Yeah, fair enough. It does go on. I think it's the longest one out of all that we've watched. It's like two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. It's unnecessary for a romantic comedy to be two and a half hours. Yeah. It's just felt like too much probably i think because of the meandering timeline that doesn't make sense maybe if they tightened that up they could have tightened up the running (laughs) time but that's my only other grievance it is a long one i watched it in two bits so it wasn't so bad for me but yeah it is long i don't have that kind of time it's christmas i got stuff to do well what did you get rate it out of five i think four out of five and i think just Mm. because i've watched it this is only the second year i've watched it but it feels like something i'll probably watch every year and i super love iris and having known friends who've been in that same sort of catastrophically bad but can't quit relationship knowing how hard it is to break out of that i'm just really proud of her every time so i'll watch it just for that and jack black oh my gosh he's amazing i know i agree i gave it four out of five as well i think it's just feel good christmasy fun and like miles and iris truly are just so delightful yeah and i love that they're friends you know they become really good mates and they're really supportive and stuff first it feels much more organic and real than the kind of head over heels jude law situation graham and amanda who to me i sometimes forget about in this film because i'm like i don't care about you two (laughs) yeah and then you're like oh wait we're back here Jude Law, not my favorite. <laughs> Did you want to spotlight anyone? Yes, from our trio, our yeah. trilogy, festive trilogy. I wanted to spotlight Katarina or Kate from Last Christmas. Mm. I think it's really hard being a hot mess and then trying to make yeah. amends for things you've done and also put yourself back together again. Like it's such a it's a hard thing. It's hard to admit when you were wrong. It's hard to find yourself again when you've gone through a trauma. And especially when you've got like, you know, family dynamics at play and just so many other things going on in your life and that fear of failure hanging over you. And she does a really good job at like, you know, she brings people along on the journey with you, with her. She is just really accountable to herself and to those who love her. And I just want to give her a big, big hug. Incredible. 10 out of 10. Go Kate. She's also super cute, and I know that that has nothing to do with her character, but I just love how cute and cheerful she is, even when everything is terrible. She's she is super cute. a little yeah. sunshiny, grumpy, everything. I love it. Christmas elf. She's the best. <laughs> um, how about you? Who would you like to spotlight? Um, I really wanted to spotlight Abby and Riley from The Happiest Season. They get treated so poorly by Harper, so both of Har- Harper's main relationships you know she had this great friendship with Riley they were best friends they became more than friends and then like when someone found out Riley was outed Harper pretended that Riley like wouldn't leave her alone effectively ending their relationship and their friendship so Riley has a lot of reasons to be like bitter and unkind but she's just generous and kind the whole time I love that she immediately basically like friend adopted Abby and was like I see what you're going through because I've been through it too um, didn't like push her own story on waited until Abby asked and also Abby deserved to be treated better as well I don't know I just like I loved them so much and I really want like where's my spinoff where they're best friends and they go on adventures together That's what yeah I want. but yeah I just I feel like they both cut the short end of the stick from Harper and just deserved better really yeah 
They did. So th- that's my spotlight. People who are generous with, with, with those who need more help growing. That's really hard to do and hard to be. Very worthy. And I yeah. think our biggest takeaway from this for everyone listening is to watch Last Christmas and tell yes. us if you also love it. Don't tell us if you hate it. We're not interested in that opinion. Yeah. I mean, if you do, then I mean, there's probably something wrong with you and you should go see someone about that because it is a perfect film. It's adorable. So good. It really is. Oh, man. Jen, this was super fun. Thank you for Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. That's right. I am so glad we got to talk about the feats of strength and the airing of the grievances and that we were able to, like, watch some Christmas movies and get into the festive spirit of the season. So thank you. No, thank you. What a great suggestion. I really loved it. And um, (laughs) We'll pop a a clip into the show notes about the Festivus whole whole Festivus situation if you don't know what that is from. It is from Seinfeld (laughs) and it is incredible, which is another great thing to watch this time of year is the Festivus episode of Seinfeld. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's so ridiculous. This was great. I'm so glad we got to catch up one last time before our Christmas break. Well, I hope you get to do something festive. I'm going to bake some festive cookies. I am finishing up Christmas dresses for the kids, for my daughter and my niece. And I've already made my son's Christmas shirt, which is really cute. I'll send you a picture later. It's adorable. Adorable. Please do. Will do. All right. All right. See you later. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our Festivus episode. We hope you've enjoyed these Festivus miracles. This episode of Marginally Poor was written, recorded, and produced by Jen D and Jen V with additional support from Simon B. If you enjoy listening, please let us know by sending an email to hello at marginallypod.com. The intro and outro music is by Scott Bob. For full show notes and additional content, please visit www.marginallypod.com. Thank you for listening and stay safe this holiday season.